Now, I love, I love getting into Genesis 1 because I think it's kind of unique that, that out of the two books of the Bible, or out of the 66 books of the Bible, two of them are the most neglected and the most controversial and the most ignored books that we can find in the Bible. And that is usually Genesis and Revelation. And I think it's kind of neat because I ask myself why. Well, I believe this. I believe that, that Satan has done all he can to confuse us about God's word, what God said, and about the certainty of what happens at the end. Because think about this. Genesis, the beginning of Genesis, we discover who Satan really is. Jesus said, hey, you know, he's the father of lies. Paul talks about he's the God of this world, the prince of the ruler of this world. That, that Satan is this fallen angel that has, has done nothing except cause havoc to kill, steal, and destroy. And, and, and yet, why do we ignore Genesis? Because in Genesis, we see how he gained this position. It was through lying and deceiving and turning people against God. And so it really does display his character, who he is. And then Revelation talks about what happens if you don't know Christ and what happens when, when Satan tries to set up his established kingdom and how the final verdict of his, his reign is going to come to a close. And so why not try to have people ignore the beginning and the end? You know, if, if, you, if you wanted to follow a leader, you know, just imagine those great movies like The Patriot, you know, Mel Gibson there at the end. And it's the, you know, the, the civil or the, the American Revolution. And, you know, they're, they're getting ready to go against the Brits and they have to stand their ground and, and, and you know, hold the line. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, you saw the American militia starts to fall back because they're losing because the Brits are so big and powerful but Mel Gibson goes and grabs that flag and says hold the line and he runs up and charge I want to follow a leader like that you know I don't want to follow a leader that you know you see all of the troops backing up and Sir Gary what do we do I don't know what should we do Gary, come on. We're, and, you know, you want to serve a leader that, that will just have certainty. And so if you really look at Satan, he's not that good of a leader because he deceives in order to establish his authority, and he is condemned because of that. So, so naturally, Genesis and Revelation are kind of the ones that people kind of stay away from. But we're going to dive deep into it. So if you have your Bible, Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, it says this. And I'm going to read from the King James, but I'll, I'll be going back to the NIV and throughout. But in Genesis chapter 1, it says this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. 
And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the water and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters uh, which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day. Let's go back to day one. This is an ancient perspective of what they believe that on the first day, at the very beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And, and King James translated as heaven, but the manuscripts really shows a plurality there. So it's heavens. And so I have no problem translating heavens or heaven, because you're going to see later on in the chapter that, that there are different heavens that he would refer to as sky and, and what we would consider the throne of God. So there, there's different different heavens and and Paul even says that he went to the third heaven so you have the sky you have this firmament and then you have the throne of God and so this is an ancient perspective of what they would consider happened on day one that there was darkness it was empty there was this vast water that was there and the spirit of God was hovering and then God said let there be light and the darkness he called night and the light he called day and it was the first day and I've, I told you before that, you know, the word day in, in the Hebrew, yom, is always used as a 24-hour period of what we would consider a normal day. Because during the day you would work, and then there was evening where you would rest, and then there was morning where it would come again. So, so there was this period of time, and, and the author says that, there, that God created at the very beginning, at the very, at the very point when God established something from nothing, what God did was he created this earth with the waters that were over in darkness. And then he said, let there be light and the light divided the darkness. So on day one, we have this separation between light and dark, between day and night. And he says that there was morning, evening, the first day. And I think it's important to know that God is revealing to us what he wants us to understand about the cosmos, about the universe that he has created. Now, right away you say, well, wait a minute, Pastor. <laughs> I've watched all those Marvel movies. I know there are galaxies and portals and wormholes and all this stuff. Okay, listen. I'm not here to argue what you believe as far as if the Marvel movies are real. I hope not because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to run into the Hulk, right? I mean, but, you know, but, but the thing is, is that, that I am here just to simply tell you how God revealed how he created this world. And I think it's important because if you look at chapter 1, specifically you hear over and over and over, God said and it was so. God said and it was so. And and there was evening and morning the first day, the second day, the third day. And so this is an ancient perspective, what they would consider that there was this light that was created. Now, we're not going to jump to day four today, but in day four is when God specifically created two lights, the sun and the moon and the stars. So this light is not the sun, it's light. God created light. It wasn't the sun that he created yet because he will do that on day four. And so what is this light? Some people think it's the glory of God. I don't think so because the Bible tells us in 104, Psalm 104, that he wraps himself in light, that it's a, it's a created thing that he's made. 
And we know that God is not a part of creation. God is the one who created it. You know, we, 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 everything that is in our world is a result of the creation of God. Oxygen and hydrogen and helium and gold and silver. All these things are established on day one when God created the heavens and the earth. And so this is the view of the ancients of what they would see and understand that there was this dark, vast amounts of water that covered the deep of these deep waters and the spirit of God was over it. And there was light. And look at verse six. Excuse me. Uh, yes, verse six. And it says, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let the and let it divide the waters from the waters. And so if you look at day two, this is what they would have believed what was happening, that there was still this vast amount of water, there was light, there was dark, and God separated the waters from below with the waters above this heaven, above this firmament. And he said that let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament, from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. There was evening, there was morning, where the second, where the second day. So this is where we come to the firmament, this thing that, that as, from an ancient perspective, it was basically this. It was this thing that God spread out over the earth. It was this vault, this expanse, this space, this this basically dome that God put over the earth and he spread it out to overlay it like a tent or or like some type of metal that you would beat out you know one of uh, one of my son's favorite tv shows when he was at home was um forged in fire and you know and you just get these guys and they would beat it out you know and they would shape this dome this curve you know in order to do like a guard for a sword or something and they would beat it out and that's the idea of the word firmament it was to overlay, to spread out, to stretch, to shape it. This idea is seen in the Old Testament. The Isaiah, prophet Isaiah has told us in 42.5, this is what the Lord says, the creator of the heavens who stretched them out, who spread out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk in it. See, Isaiah saw that the heavens were spread out over the earth. Isaiah 44 also he says this is what the Lord says your redeemer who formed you in the womb I the Lord the maker of all things who stretched out the heavens who spread out the earth by myself. The Lord said this that I stretched out the heavens I did this. And even in Psalms we see that there is this idea that there is this firmament with waters above it. Psalm 104 says the Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment and he stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays his beams of his upper chambers on their waters and makes his clouds his chariot rides on the wings of the wind. Here in Psalm 104, you see this picture where there is these waters that are above the heavens and God lays his throne upon these waters, upon the upper part of the firmament. 
And you see this also in Revelation 5 where John goes to heaven and he sees this picture of the Father and the Son and the Spirit of God around him on this sea of glass as clear as crystal. So there's this ideal of a celestial water above the firmament. And if you notice that Psalm 104 was written after the flood. Because in, Psalm, in Genesis 7, it talks about the flood, that God would open up the windows of heaven, that springs would break forth from beneath, waters would come from below, and the Bible says that the windows of heaven were open, the floodgates of heaven were open, and it also rained. Three things happened, water from below, water from above the firmament, and it rained, and it rained. They worshiped the Lord. They were inspired by this, the wonder of the firmament. Matter of fact, Psalm 19, David says this, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hand. Let me read this to you again as translated in Hebrew. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament proclaim the works of his hand. Psalm 19, it's rendered as sky, but that word is called firmament. It's the same Hebrew word as in Genesis 1 and also Psalm 150, the very last chapter of the book of Psalms. says, praise the Lord, the God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the mighty firmament. So they had this ideal in their head that this was the way that God shaped this place. That there was this watery deep and there was these waters that were separated by a firmament. And the waters were above and below. God created this. And the ideal is this, is that this firmament has to be something that is solid. That's why they, they would say that it was like metal being beaten out. It has to be solid. Why? Because we know that in order to stop water, you need something solid. Just as just in a few weeks as we have a family reunion... One of the most important things we do is we have a water balloon fight, right? And it's, it's, it's a fun thing, you know, the, to watch all the kids go after their uncle. I mean, it's a great thing. And the thing is, is that water is contained in this balloon. Water is contained in something that is solid. Now, it's not that tough because all it takes is a good throw or, or anything to poke it and boom, it blows up. But if you put water in a solid bowl or if you put water in a bucket, you put water in a container that is solid, it is able to hold the water. And so the ancients believed, the ancient Hebrews believed that there was this firmament that God used to hold the waters from the waters below, from the waters above. There are these waters. And what is interesting about day two is that you see that, that this is all a part, like I said, the six days of creation. And if you look through Genesis 1, you will notice certain repetitive things. The Bible says, God said, and then the Bible says, it was so, and the Bible says, it was good, and the Bible says, it was the first day, the second day, the third day, and so on. These things repeat over and over. God said, it was so, it was good the next day the next day, the next day. But there's something unique about this day. 
just even the fact that water is separated from water. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I try to figure things out. I have a mechanical engineer's mind. How in the world, where's the water at? You know, what water, 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 water above us? Water above us? Water below? What's going on, God? But you know what I noticed about this day? This was the only day in Genesis where God did not say it was good. Hurry up, get through your scripture, look at verse 6 and 8, 6 through 8. It says, God said, let there be a vault, let there be a firmament between the waters to separate the water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water from under the vault, from the water above it, and it was so, and God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. You notice that in this day, there is no reference by God that said it was good. Now, God loves his creation because the first day he says, man, let there be a GE light bulb that never goes out. Boom, there's light, right? And God said that, hey, there's going to be sea and there's going to be land. Man, that's good. And God said there's going to be animals, there's going to be fish, there's going to be birds, there's going to be trees, there's going to be plants. And I'm going to create man. And on the sixth day, he said it was good. It was very good. God loves his creation. But if you notice on day two, he does not say it was good. Why wasn't this good? It was good because all God's creation is good. But the Bible specifically says, doesn't say that it was good. And I believe the reason why it does not say that at this time, at this moment, is because the firmament wasn't complete. It wasn't complete. Because on day four, he is going to create the sun, the moon, and the stars, and he's going to place them in the firmament. And then on day four, God says, this is good. But it wasn't complete yet. Day two wasn't complete yet. Because you have the separation of water from water, and you have this firmament that, that separated the water from above from the water from below. But God wasn't done yet. And that's why we do not see in Scripture that it says it was good because he wasn't done yet. I want you to understand how, how sometimes in our life, God is doing things we don't understand. God is doing things. He's separating water from water, and we're thinking, God, what in the world? What are you talking about, water? God, why am I going through this? God, what, what's going on? How come my car doesn't work all the time, God? How come I'm, I'm so nervous about tomorrow or where, where I'm going to be at or, or how am I going to provide and what's my health going to be like? God, how come I'm going through all these trials and tribulations? God, what's going on? And we look at our life and we say, it's not good. It's not good. But God's not done yet. God's not done yet. The master creator, the one who can shape and make something out of nothing, is not done yet. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. And I don't care if you're young or you're old. God has a specific plan that he has designed you for. And it may be for one moment or it may be for a lifetime. 
But God has made you for a specific reason and has given you a purpose, has given you life for a reason. And sometimes we look and we say, God, this isn't good. But I want to tell you that God is not done yet. Because at the end of the journey that we are on, we will be able to agree with God. It is very good. It is very good. So many times I would tell my kids, especially my boys as they were growing up, and you know, and they would start wanting to talk about relationships and about dating. I don't have those conversations with my girls because that's just ruled out. We're not dating. But but with the with the guys, you know, they they started talking about all these things and and you know, and, and one of my sons ended up going through a breakup and and, and, you know, and it was sad for him. And, you know, and he just did. The other one is celebrating his anniversary today. And, and, uh, but, but, you know, Tony was, was going through a little uh, downtime because, you know, he, he wasn't sure if he made a mistake by, by letting go of this relationship. And I told Tony, I said, you know, all you're doing is thinking about this moment. I said, but God has something great for you. And I guarantee you that 10, 20 years from now, when you look back at your life, you're going to say, man, it, it's good. It's good. Because I explained to him that when, when I was going off to college, before I went to college, I was dating someone else. And, and, uh, and, and God asked me to let that relationship go, and I did. And, and for four years in college, I did not date. And for four years in college, I thought, man, I blew it. I messed it up. I finally found someone who liked me, and, and I let her go. And this is, this is not going to work out. And I told my son, when I think of life, when I think of my relationship with mom, it starts there. It doesn't start with every breakup that I had. It doesn't start, you know, I don't go and reflect about the first girlfriend that I lost. I was in seventh grade. I was in class. She passed a note forward, says, would you be my boyfriend? I passed it back, said yes. Then she passed another note. I dump you, you looking at another girl. It lasted like 10 minutes, right? I don't think back to those moments because life just for me begins with finding my best friend. And then I can't even remember not having kids. I can't remember those things. But see, because our perspective changes and a lot of times we're so looking back and we're in confusion and don't understand why and where God is at. And, and we look back and say, this isn't good. But I want to tell you that day two is not done yet, that God has a plan for you, that God has a purpose. And if you just hold on, it's going to make sense. If you just let God do the creative work in your life, it's going to make sense. And you'll be able to, with the creator, say, this is good. I know it seems empty and void and chaotic, but God is good, and he is going to do something amazing. He is going to do something amazing. I believe that God has a plan for you, but timing is important. Timing is important. God prepares us, and that's why it takes time. He prepares us. He prepares us through different ways. And just quickly, I'll just give you some, some ways that he prepares us. He, he prepares us through suffering. 2 Timothy 
2.3 says, Join me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Paul was telling Timothy, Listen, suffering is a part of this, but join with me because this is a part of God doing His work. Suffering is a part of it. And suffering isn't because God doesn't care, but God is preparing you. God is preparing you. You know, one time we were babysitting a little girl and, and, um, and you know, and our kids are growing up and, you know, they're not, you know, little babies anymore. But one time we were babysitting and, and um, uh, the little girl started choking. And, you know, and, and so I hurry up and got on Google, you know, how to deal with baby choking. No, I didn't do that, right? Because I remember and I was prepared because how many times my kids would try to shove a whole hot dog down their throat and then you realize, oh, as parents, we should probably cut this up, you know? <laughs> and, so, and so all of a sudden, boom, boom, bah, it comes out and the baby's fine. But we were prepared for that moment through the previous times. So suffering isn't a negative thing. It's a preparing thing. God prepares us through patience, James 1.4 says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let patience do its work. God uses time to prepare us. He uses, he uses this time to build our character. He uses this time to build our character. Psalm 26 says, vindicate me, Lord, for I have led a blameless life. I've trusted in the Lord. I have not faltered. Test me, Lord. Try and examine my heart and my mind. Let your character be prepared during this time. Let your character be prepared through the suffering, through times of waiting. Don't let, don't let your character break down. But the psalmist says, vindicate me, Lord. I've been led to blame. Said, I know that I've been doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Continue to read your Bible. Continue to pray. Continue to do the things that, that, that God wants you to do and seek him and, and worship him and love him. Continue to do those things. Even when you don't think anything is going on, God is preparing you. God prepares you, but time is important. It's a time for preparing. But there's also a time when God is going to give growth. There's also a time when God is going to begin to show you the fruit of what is happening in your life. And I believe this, that God will give you fruit in your life enough just so that you can keep going. You know, because if God gives us the whole plan, if he gives us all the details, how many of us would quit and just wait until the end? But God wants us to continue to seek him, continue to seek him. You know, some of my favorite roller coasters down at Disney were the, the one that goes in the Himalayas. And I like it because you go through the darkness and you don't know where it goes. And I remember the first time I rode it, you're going through it and you're like, what's going on? And all of a sudden it stops because the tracks are broken and then it goes backwards. And it's so cool. It's a fun roller coaster. But I didn't know the details. There's a time where God is going to give you growth. And if you just continue to just believe and pursue him, you're going to experience times of growth. Because I believe this, you cannot keep planting seeds without growth. I try my hardest to grow grass. This is probably not the good year to grow it, but I try my hardest to grow grass. And you know what I do? I plant a seed every two centimeters in my yard. I don't do that. What do I do? I just spread it all, right? Because something's going to grow. I believe that you just keep spreading seeds. Something's going to happen. And that's the growth that's going to happen. You keep believing, keep praying, keep hoping. And God is going to prepare you for growth. 
And finally, I do believe that there is a time for reward. There's a time. There's a time to be prepared. There's a time to grow. And there's a time for reward. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do not become weary in your faith in God. Do not become weary because you can't figure out what day two is all about. You look at your life and you say, God, this isn't good. I don't know what's going on. I don't feel complete. It's okay. Day four is coming. The creation story isn't done and your story's not done. I really hope you just listen to my heart this morning. You may not understand all the details of what's going on in your life, but your creator is still making the creation in your life. He's still forming the purpose that he has for you. Just keep believing, keep hoping, and know that day four is coming and that when God looks at you, the final product of what he's designed you for, he's going to say, this is good. And you will agree with him. So trust him through the path. Trust him through the process. There is a time for preparing. There is a time for growth. And there is a time for reward. And that reward is only possible if you do not give up. Do not give up. Do not quit on God. He'll never quit on you.